I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, 2020. <laughs> How many of you know you only get one chance at 2020? Do you know when you have perfect eyesight, what do they call it? 2020. You think God knew that when 2020 was about to show up? Do you think God knew that this was going to be the year of vision? Everything that you've gone through, every place that you've been, everybody you know, it's all been leading up to 220. Look at somebody and say, this is your year of vision. This is your year of vision. If there was ever a year of vision, 2020 has to be it. It has to be it. And so I want to talk to you for a few minutes about vision. And you know the scripture, Proverbs 29, 18, it says this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word come alive in us. Let our lives become a living word. Show your glory through our lives, we pray. Lord, use us and ignite us and activate us with true vision from heaven. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. I'm going to just, uh, today I'm going to talk to you about part one of this, even though we're still at Christmas season. Next week we're doing a Christmas program. But I think if you want to get in vision, don't wait till 2020. You start right now. You need to ramp up to it, especially if you haven't been in vision. You kind of get, you know, kind of get used to it, you know. Like I, I was uh, told Todd the other day, I'm going to lay this, lay this tile in my house. Well, I, I haven't laid tile for about 20 years and it sounded like a great idea, but I'm having trouble walking today. Because last time I did it, I was a lot more flexible than I am now. And that getting up and getting down, it just is not what it used to be. You know what they say about the old gray mare? She ain't what she used to be. And so, <laughs> so I realized after about 20 pieces of tile, I realized that, you know what, I may ought to stretch or maybe go into the health club one day before I took on this project. <laughs> so most of us, you know, most of us need to ramp up. So I'm talking, I really believe the Holy Spirit stopped me. I wanted to do a Christmas message on the gift. But the Holy Spirit said, I want them to ramp up for 220. I, there you go. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Ram yeah, just get it out of here. I'm not drink that water. You know, have you noticed I never drink that water? They've got three bottles on there, and I never drink a single one. But if I ever needed it, it's there. But you need to ramp up for vision because, listen, don't wait till 2020 for you to get into vision because vision is an encounter with God. It's a moment. Most of us think, well, man, what do I really want? And, and that's the, really the wrong way to enter into vision. If you're thinking, man, what do I want? You know, what is the desire of my heart? And what is it that I want to do in my life? People who seek for vision that way are going to end up with confusion. And you might even get ambition, but you won't be getting vision because that's not. Now, there are a lot of uh, dreams that people have of owning a business or dreams that people have of, uh, you know, building a house or having a certain car or a marriage or things like that. And these ambitions or these desires that people have, they're wonderful, but I wouldn't put them in the category of vision because the Bible says without a vision, the people perish, not not your vision, without your vision, but a vision. In fact, he's speaking to you without the vision. 
And, and then here in, in this part of the Bible, in Proverbs, it's actually speaking without a revelation from God's word, the people perish. So this word vision is not some common use, you know, let it be, you know, without, a, without that new Corvette, you'll perish. I'll die if I don't get a new Corvette. You know what I mean? It's not talking about that. It's talking about something deeper than that. It's talking about without a reason for living. Let me even do it better than that. Without a God-given reason for living. Without a God-given reason for breathing. Without a God-given reason for existing. Without a God-given reason why you have all those gifts and why you have all those talents and why you were born in America and why you have white skin or black skin or somewhere in between. A reason for being you, without a reason for being on the planet, people perish. And it's true. You'll never find a drug addict with a vision from God. You'll never find a depressed person with a vision. You'll never find a defeated person with a vision. Because those two things cannot coexist. When you know why you were born, then you would rather die than live without it. Vision is not about money, houses, cars, power. It's not about offices. It's only about the thing that God called you to do. And it's why you get up in the morning. It's not the money you make. It's why you made the money. It's the reason. The reason that you do certain things. The reason you don't do certain things. The motivation that's deeper than self and deeper than your own desires. I want to talk to you really quick about four miraculous benefits of vision. Now, I guarantee you this is better than missing the Saints kickoff. Although we are going to win today. So don't even worry about it. Don't worry about it. Maybe if you leave church early, though, hmm, I'm not sure. We might lose. And it might be your fault. <laughs> I didn't say it was. I said it just might be. Judges 6. This is about Gideon. It says, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Bezerite, while his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Now, basically, the angel of the Lord came to this guy when he was in a wine press, which is for making wine, but he's not making wine. He's hiding in it like a hole, and he's threshing wheat. He's getting, he's separating the chaff from the grains of wheat. He's trying to make a sandwich, but he's hiding out because if the Midianites see him, they're going to come down and take the wheat from him. So he's, this is what life has come down to, such a survival mentality that all he can do is just hide out to make a sandwich. And some people, how many know the enemy wants to reduce your life to survival? God, you were not born for survival. You were born, I want to say, for revival, but you were born for more. You were born for vision. You were born for a dream that God has about your life. Every one of you, God knew you before you were born, and God had a great purpose for you. And it might not be great to anybody else, but that purpose that God has for you, it's something very special that only you could do. And you've got to find your place, and you find that purpose in that thing. So here's Gideon. He's totally out of any kind of vision. He's in survival. And the Lord visits him there, hiding out in fear. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Listen to how he answers. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why? Man, if I've heard that once, I've heard it a thousand times. 
Why? If the Lord is with me, why? This is the logic of life. If God is so good and God is with me, then why? When people get discouraged, when people get bitter, when people give up, when people give in, they, they default to their own logic, which is if, then why? If God is with them, why is my husband? If with them, why are my kids? If, if, then why are my finances? And if God, then why, 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 why? So that's what it means to be out of the vision. You, you're in why. You're not in there is vision. You've got a serious argument with God. I've heard that God's supposed to be with us, but why? Let me just be honest with you. Why this? This is the evidence of the lack of vision. Because all you have is questions when you're out of vision. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles, which our forefathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Now, there's, that's a loaded uh, little section of reading right there because he, you, can fi- you find out that now the fathers are not only passing down the great victories of the past, but they're passing down the great questions of the present. Because he, he's picked this up from his dad, who's a big shot in town, by the way who's a big spiritual leader, but they've, they've, they've uh, submitted to the circumstances and they traded out their vision for questions. Well, look, just be honest, you know. I mean, God used to be with us, but if he was with us, why was this happening? So they, this uh, confusion is what people, most people are living in it. You know, something, trying to make sense of it all. Like, why is, why, if God wants me to, why, so life for many people, and I would say most Christians, is a huge mystery. A question, a confusion. Why does all this happen to us? Then the Lord turned to him and said, I love God completely ignores all his questions. No answers coming. He had such well thought out, brilliant questions. I can tell you most of your questions you have for God, God is not, he's never going to answer you. Because they're bull. And they're just you trying to logically figure out what's wrong. They're not legit. God doesn't legitimize his question with an answer. He just says, hey, go in this your might. He said, I want you to get moving and understand I'm with you. Go in this might of yours. Listen to what he says. This is the vision. For you will save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. I love this next question. Have, he gives him a question in place of his questions. Have I not sent you? He said, I'm moving you out of your questions into your destiny. I'm moving you out of your whys to what to do. He said, go in this your might. Have I not sent you? Say that with me if you don't mind. Have I not sent you. Now, I just, and now contextualize yourself to this moment and ask yourself a question about Jesus himself. Has he not sent you? Yeah, but, well, he has, but you're, hold up, hold up right there. Let's not go around the tree too many times. Has he or has he not? Yeah, he did send me. Well, what you doing? Well, right, it's complicated. Oh, it's, everybody's complicated. 
I find out that most of the reason you don't win is because you're not doing the thing you were called to do. So stop asking questions that you already know the answer. Jesus said to him, have I not sent you? He said, I've got a vision for you. I've got a calling for you and for us who have the benefit of the New Testament, for us who have the benefit of reading the last chapter of Matthew, Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, I send you to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you forever in this task and in this vision. Have I not sent you? Yeah. So what happens in life is the, the certain circumstances begin to, we begin to, get confused because the very thing that God called us to do suddenly has not become our priority. It's become somewhere in the pile of confusions and whys. So he launches Gideon into vision by saying, I'm sending you. So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manassas. Manasseh, I mean. And I'm the least in my father's house. So here we go. Every time you know that God's called you to do something great, you start shooting yourself down. Well, I can. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I don't know enough about the Bible. I, have, I, have some, I don't have it together. And so you start disqualifying yourself from God's vision. God's vision is much bigger than what you want. It's much bigger than what you can do. It's much bigger than what you think about yourself. It's much bigger than you ever dreamed it could be. You just have to believe what God said about you. Somebody said, well, first I just got to get set free. Listen, some of you are going to get set free when you start listening to God about who you are. Don't wait till you get set free. Just start being who God called you and you'll find yourself free. That's all free. It's not really my message. But this says, and the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. If you have a notebook, just write it down because God is speaking to you right now. This word, surely I will be with you. This is a prophetic word for your life today. God is telling you, don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Surely I will will be with you. God has been telling you what to do. God has been putting on your heart. God has been trying to get you out of the funk. God has been trying to get you out of the cloud. And you have to believe one thing. You didn't get yourself in this mess. And you're not going to get yourself out. God led you here. And God's about to lead you into the next thing. God's about to bring you into victory. Surely I will be. God is speaking prophetically. He's talking... Prophecy means to foretell the future. God is foretelling the future. He's saying, surely, I, not only am I with you right now while we're singing, you know, I love that song, Miracle Worker. While we're singing, God's not just here. I'm going to be with you tomorrow. We're about to do something great for God. We're about to shake the earth for God. We're about to shake the planet for God. God's about to radically revolutionize your life. You're one step away from a revolution. All you have to do is step out of where you are and step into vision. His vision. His dream. Which, of course, is death to yours. Because Gideon, his vision is just getting a sandwich. Come on, somebody. His dream is just getting a sandwich. He'd just like to be left alone and survive, wouldn't he? 
And God said, no, we're not about to survive. We're about to overcome. We're about to trample that enemy. You know, you're hiding out from the enemy. We're about to overcome that enemy. We're about to destroy that enemy. You're trying to avoid the enemy. We're about to take the enemy down. And I'm going to use you to do it. Let me give you these four things because I don't want the time to slip away. Vision activates your hidden potential. Number one, this is you are not too old. You are not too young. Life has not passed you by. This is your moment. All you need is vision. Vision unlocks. Vision activates your hidden potential. Gideon didn't know who he was. Gideon didn't know what his potential was. He thought survival was all there was. He had no idea that God was about to use him to wreck the whole world and change the whole world and change the complexity of it. God, he was a zero, a nobody in his own eyes. And God says, you're a mighty man of valor and you don't know it. You're mighty and you don't know it. You have a mighty anointing. You've got the hand of God on your life. God's got a plan for you and you don't even know it. Vision. Activates your hidden potential. There's energy you don't know about. Some of you are tired. It's 11 o'clock in the afternoon. You already want to take a nap. You're 32 years old. You're drinking Red Bulls. Come on, somebody. Red Bulls. You start drinking Red Bulls at 12 in the afternoon, and you're 30. Man, what did you get to be my age? You just have to have a Red Bull just hooked up to your vein. Just walk around with it. (laughs) If you're drinking them at 17... Oh, man, I see 70-year-olds drinking Red Bulls. Red Bulls, uh, I, I saved that for a bad day. <laughs> God has energy. You don't know where it. Look, you know when you get energy? When something hits you that you get excited about. You can be just tired, dead tired, can't even move. And some of you love Christmas. How many love Christmas? Some of you love Christmas. And, and somebody says, let's decorate the house for Christmas. Suddenly, you're like, suddenly you're grabbing stuff out of the attic. You're undoing that. Before you know it, that was energy you didn't even know about. You just had to get off the couch and get motivated. God, that there's something that you need to do, something that you really love, and you need to enter into that thing. There's inspiration. There's enthusiasm. There is, there's, there's a, a force and a power that's hidden in your surrender to his vision. Vision reveals your true identity and your best life. I didn't say it's the easiest life, the funnest life, the most rich life, the greatest life. I just said it's the best life. Your best life that you can live is to live in the great dream of Jesus. And at some point, there has to be an exchange. I'm going to forget about making sandwiches and hiding out from the enemy. I'm going to step into God's dream that we could do the impossible, that we could destroy the enemy, and that we could actually have a victory. I mean, you've got to have a lot of nerve just because God told you he's going to do it to believe it and step into it. Vision. Moves you out of survival, complacency, and fear, and safety into the high-risk and high-reward life. It's a lot safer to stay in there in the, in, the, in, the, in the hole, hiding out, just surviving. and Y'all leave me alone, I'll leave y'all alone. That's safe. And some people, their whole vision is, if I could just be safe, I could just get enough money in the bank and get some more insurance, maybe. 
I never, they, they sell insurance for everything. I mean, look, you buy a pair of shoes. Would you like some insurance with those shoes? Like insurance? Yeah, because you know. What? What do I know? Well, the sole, sole might fall off and for $10 a month. That shoe lasts you forever. You're like, okay, sign me up. I mean, what, look, so people are so security-minded that the insurance industry is the only multi-trillion dollar business in the world because you, can, you want to scare people, they'll hand you their money. Like, we're going to insure your hair, Pastor Sibley. <laughs> I don't have very look. Look, I'll pay, I'll pay. Can you insure what I got? It's, no, what? No more, it's going to fall out. You promise? $50 a month? I'll pay. <laughs> People are so fear-based that their whole dream is you're going to have to, look, if you want to get in the thing with God, it's high-risk, high-reward world. Gideon knows if I believe this, I could get killed. I could ruin everything. I could be a big failure. I could be a big loser. I have no training. I have no money. I have no blah, 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 blah. But I have God with me. I have God with me. God said, that's going to have to be enough. I'm going to get you into the high-risk, high-reward world of the kingdom of God. you got to risk it all, but you could gain it all. you got to put it all in so you can get it all. But you can't put five, like Bray said, you can't put your toes in. you got to put it all in so that you can receive it all. That's the way it works. you got to jump in all. No half-hearted, no halfway. you got to say, I'm totally in whatever the dream is. Just tell me what it is. I'm going to do it with all my heart, with all that i got. I'm going to tap into that holy energy. I'm going to tap into that holy zeal, that holy enthusiasm. And I'm going to be who God called me to be. I'm not going to sit here in this threshing floor just trying to eat a sandwich. I'm going to enter into God's purpose and to God's dream. Man, I'm liking my preaching today. I don't know. Sometimes at the church, I'm just like, I feel much better now that I got that message from me. <laughs> it was actually from the Lord, but you know, whatever. Two, vision erases the limitations of your past and your current circumstance. Vision erases the limitations of your past and your current circumstance. We've already talked about it. I don't want to get into it too much. He says, why? Is this all happening? Why I'm discouraged? I'm poor. I'm weak. He, he gives this whole thing. God erases it in one moment with a vision. Say, all that don't mean a thing. All you've been through, all your weaknesses, all your mistakes, all your stuff, guess what? means nothing. It doesn't matter what you did. It matters who you will become. Vision erases all of that. All of those limits that you put on yourself. All of those things that you feel about yourself that keep you from moving forward. Vision simplifies the, your overwhelming enemies to one single conquest. I love what God says. He said, you're going to take Midian down like one man. You, they look all complicated. It's going to be like taking down. I said, God said, I'm going to simplify this to one thing. You're going to do one thing and you're going to win. And you're going to conquer. Taking big risks to do great things is the true measure of your life. Playing it safe is the game of fools who enter eternity with nothing to show for their life. I had money, doesn't count. I had a car, doesn't count. I had a great house, doesn't count. You might have been wealthy here but busted in heaven. Because the only thing that makes any difference on the other side is what risks did you take for the kingdom? 
What kind of risk were you willing to take? Did you go all in? I'd rather go all in and fall flat, have be killed by the Midianites and sit here in this daggum wine press threshing weeks. I made my mind up. I'm going to do what God called. Even if I get killed doing it, I'm going to, I'd rather die than live outside of God's vision. How about you? Fear and failure reduces your life to complicated excuses and tragic stories of defeat while vision lifts you and activates your potential to win, 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 win big in your life. So you'll either be reduced or lifted. Number three, I'm almost finished. Vision focuses your life. Without a vision, the people perish. You know what that word perish means? In the Hebrew, it means lose restraint. In other words, without a vision, you just do anything. You just waste your time. You'll spend 20 hours a day playing video games. Not reading a book, not talking to anybody, but sitting there in front of an idiotic TV screen. I killed him. You didn't kill anybody. You just did something on the screen. Nobody's dead. I got to the 17th level. Nobody cares. You get to 117 level, nobody cares. You change nothing, but you waste a lot of your time and burned up your brain. You're fatter, slower, and older now. That's about all you got accomplished in the last uh, 14 hours. But without a vision, your time doesn't matter. You don't have any train tracks. You can't get off the track because nothing matters. You can lay around, you can drink, get high, fall back into the world, repent. Repent, then fall back into the world again. Give up, get in, get out. You can go all around circles. You think it's because you're weak. It's not because you're weak. It's because you don't have a vision. You don't have a dream from God. And so why not just do anything? You lose restraint. There's no reason to do what you do. There's no reason to not do what you don't do. Guilt will never stop you from ruining your life. Or shame. What motivates you? Fear? Greed? You were born with a great purpose from God. One of my favorite quotes is from the movie Chariots of Fire. He's a great runner. His name is Eric Little. And he said in, in the movies, quotes him, he said, he's, a, he's like a pastor who's also a runner. He said, God made me with a great purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run... I feel his pleasure. You got to find that place. That every day is the great race for you. That you're willing to lay your life down for something greater. For something more. For something eternal. Vision focuses your life. A life focused on money, self, security is a shallow life. That will end up in a great, huge disappointment one day in heaven. Gideon was wasting his potential because of circumstances and fear until the moment he came into vision. And everything changed. The devil loves for Christians to be Christians without visions because they just, their whole vision is life is to stop doing dumb things and try to serve God and they, then they do more dumb things. And it, look, their vision is just trying to make it. But when you get God's dream that God wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit and use you to change the world around you, look, you're not going to have time to do the things you used to do. 
vision taps into the flow of divine destiny in your life. Many of the personal failures in your life are no more than your lack of vision. Somebody said, well, you know, I struggle, I watch pornography. You watch pornography because you don't have a vision. You don't have another man that you're trying to mentor. And because you don't have anybody you're trying to mentor, you're still stuck in a hole like other people. You have any reason, no accountability. Well, you know, I still just sometimes just feel sad. Because why? You're not helping sad people. I'd be sad too. If I'd been given a lot and did nothing with it, I'd be sad too. To whom much is given, much is required. It's who we are. And we don't have any restraint in our life to do the things that we're called to do. not do the things that we're not called to do unless we have a burning vision from Jesus in our hearts. Number four, and I'm finishing. Vision is the doorway to the impossible. Vision is the doorway to... It is not possible for one man without influence, without money, without a microphone, without a sound system... It is not possible for one young teenage guy named Gideon to save Israel from the Midianites, from a multitude of armed soldiers. It is an impossibility, but vision opens up the door to the impossible. When they hired Coach O, come on somebody. Oh, I heard, oh, he ain't, he ain't nothing but CJ, nothing but, I think Tracy said this, I don't know, I ain't going to say who it was. I ain't going to say who it was because y'all be upset with him. But I think he said, Coach O, he's just a loser, you know, but they should have just kept old Les Miles. I don't think. Somebody had some visions. Come on, thank God, somebody. Thank God we didn't listen to Tracy about it. (laughs) But I tell you what, Coach O might not be the smartest guy in the world. He doesn't come across as super smart. But he was, (laughs) let's just be honest about it. But let me tell you something, he was smart enough to hire smart guys. He's got a smart offense, he's got a smart defense, he's got good players, and he he knows how to motivate young men with passion. That's why he's a great recruiter, because he understands people want to join a team that's going to win. And he understood how to have a passion inside of you. Look, he, I don't care if it's a wedding he's at, he'll say, go Tigers. He never forgets his vision. And from the time he got there, he said, you know what? We're going to win a national championship. We all laugh like you can't beat Alabama. Oh, he said, we coming. We ain't backing down. You see, I'm quoting him, right, from Facebook. <laughs> we coming. And he, you know what? When people talk like that, when you've been getting beat down by Alabama every single year, embarrassed by Alabama every, and then you got some Cajun has the nerve to step up. Oh, we coming and we ain't backing down. We're going to win the national title. We don't care what it costs, what we got to do. Listen, everybody gets caught up in that vision. Like, who is that that has the nerve to talk faith in the middle of all this depression? In the middle of all these excuses, well, guess what? LSU's 13-0, and 0, and we're the best team in America. Why? Only because of vision. That's all it is. It's just one man that had a vision that attracted the right people to that vision, and they kept saying, we're going to win, we're going to win. And guess what? They did it. They did the impossible. I mean, can the Saints win the Super Bowl? Yes, yes, they can. If you talk to any saint, any part, look, why are they a great team? Even without Drew Brees, they're a great team because they say, we got one goal, we're going to win. And you know why we're all inspired? Because we want to be like that. 
we don't want to be the Atlanta Falcons. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we don't want to be that excuse-making coach. Well, look, Lord, you tried as hard as we can. We don't, want, we don't hear that. We want to hear what does it take to win. We ain't going to invest three hours to watch you win. We want to hear a coach that says, we're going to win. We'll do whatever it takes. When we hear that sound, I don't care if it's football or business or whatever we're doing, when we hear the sound, because we're made in God's image, we're like, I'd rather die than lose. There's something in you better than making excuses for your life. Victory comes from vision. It's the doorway to the impossible. 2020, let me say this and we're going to pray. 2020... We are going to change the world. Look at somebody say, we're going to change the world. In 2020, we're going to change the world. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what we have to do. I don't care if we all have to wear little red bennies and run around this building 100 times. I don't care. We're going, we're going to find a way to win. We, we're not here on this planet to waste our time. God, has, God put us here right here, right now, for this reason, for this purpose. In this moment, God called us to win. God called us to conquer Listen, in 2020, find you a winning team and get on it. This is a winning team. This church is a winning team. We're going to pray like never before. We're going to believe like never before. We're going to work like never before. And we're going to win like never before because God is with us. And it's not our vision. It's his vision. So I want to pray for you today. I took all my time. But I know that every single one of you are made in God's image and likeness. And you don't like losing with your life. You know you are born with a purpose. You know you are born to do something great for God. You know it. You sense it. Listen, th- you're not getting any younger. This is your moment. Right? If not now, when? If not you, who? This is the year, even now, you got to begin to stir something up and say, look, I'm getting rid of all the stuff that, that is keeping me from the vision, from God's vision for my life. I'm getting rid of all that. I don't care. I don't care about that anymore. I've got my mind made up. I'm going to shoot for something higher than survival, something higher than security, something higher than feeling good about myself, something higher than plastic surgery. I'm going to set my vision on the purpose of Jesus in my life. And I'm not going to accept anything less. So if you don't mind, bow your head. We're going to pray. If you don't mind, just stand up with me. Every great vision begins with an encounter with Jesus. Every great vision begins with a genuine encounter with Jesus. Even now, I was recently praying. I said, Lord, you know, I'll do anything you want me to do, but... Because I'll tell you what I want to do. And I started to tell God what I wanted to do. I felt a big blank. And then I remembered. I wasn't born to do what I want to do. I was born to do what he called me to do. And I said, okay, well, then I just have to warm myself up back to your dream. Because, you know, it's kind of like being married. This is not negative. It's going to be good. <laughs> Once you realize you're married, maybe you run into some trouble. Maybe you two in the front row teasing Maybe you run into some trouble and you're starting to get aggravated with each other. But the moment you say, I'm never getting out of this marriage, so we might as well make it work. And if we're going to make it work, let's make it fun. Why don't we enjoy it? That's the way vision is. You have to say, you know what? I'm never going to escape the vision of God in my life. 
Therefore, since I can't run away from the vision of God, I might as well run into it. If I'm going to do it, I might as well have fun doing it. I might as well find some friends who will have fun with me, and we can all just change the world together. That, was God, that is what God called church. A bunch of people who dream His dream together. But don't find a way. If you're looking for a way out, the devil will give you one. If you want to opt yourself out because you've got special circumstances, you can opt yourself out. God will never force you into greatness. You have to be the one that risks to be great. Risk to give your life for a cause bigger than yourself. So, uh, okay, let's just bow our heads today. All across the, the room, if you today say, Pastor Ray, honestly, I want a relationship with Jesus. I'm, I don't feel I'm right with God. I don't feel like I'm off track. And I want to get right with God. I want to be right with God. Well, man, I, I've been there many times, to tell you the truth. You know what? You're just one short, honest prayer from the power of God flowing into your life. So don't forget about the mistakes that you made. Forget about the last 20 years. Let it go away and come into one great vision for a great new life. What do I have to do? You just have to believe and you just have to surrender. So let's just do that right now. If you came and that's where you're at, Pastor Bray, I'm just kind of halfway on the deal. Okay. Well, let's just believe God that today is your day of change. This is the moment like Gideon and the angel. This is your moment to say everything changes today. I'm going to help you pray that little prayer. And when you do, you're going to open up the windows of heaven on your life. You're going to believe that it's not just a prayer. You're about to change your whole identity. You're going to go from Gideon the weak and the frail to Gideon the mighty warrior in just one simple prayer. Just say it with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all my compromise, my dumb mistakes, my weakness, my selfishness, my fear, my excuses, I'm sorry. Pray it with me. Say, I believe that on the cross, you shed your blood and you paid for all of my sin. Everybody, come on, just say, I receive forgiveness. I am forgiven. I receive freedom in my mind, in my soul, in my spirit, in my body. I receive freedom from every affinity, from every addiction, from everything that's held my life. I receive freedom right now. Lord Jesus, not only did you die for me, but I believe you rose up from the dead. Now I receive resurrection power. Come and resurrect me. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the power of God. Thank you, Lord, that you're breaking every chain. You're lifting every weight from my life. And I declare the power of God is moving in me. I receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life right now. 
I don't have to change myself. I just receive. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I say yes to you. Yes to your love. Yes to your peace. Yes to your vision. Yes to your dream. From this moment on, I no longer live, but Jesus lives in me. I live for your great call, for your great purpose, for only in giving up my life can I find a new life. I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. As of this moment, everything changes. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Now listen, those of you that prayed that the Holy Spirit, because the words that you said by faith, you've released the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and things are going to begin to change. You're going to lose appetites and you're going to get an appetite for God's presence and His Word. You're going you're to lose interest with wasting time and you're going to be hungry for God and His presence and God is, is starting to stir something special in you. Now every Christian that's here, God wants to activate you right now. And because we got to jump on 2020, can we just have a, I'm going to, in a moment, I'm just going to open up the altar and I want you to just come for a moment. And we're going to release and we're going to pray that the vision of Jesus, that you have an encounter with the vision of Jesus during the holidays so that 220 becomes the greatest year in your life. So those of you that received Christ today and those of you that are wanting a refreshing of your vision, when I count to three, you're just going to come stand here at the altar together. We're going to sing this song together as we're going. But we're going to say a great prayer that releases vision in your life. If you're ready, I'm going to count to three. We're going to come down to the altar. One, two, three. Come on, everybody, just come to move down to the altar. We're going to lift our hands right now. And you're going to receive fresh vision from heaven.